Hello, hello. Hey up, what's up, what's good? Welcome to the Any Given Runway Show. I'm your host, Randall Carlton Green. Any Given Runway celebrates the exploration of new cultures by highlighting some of the most artistic, athletic, tenacious, basically unique and interesting people in the world. Everyone has a story, each person a scholar. Welcome to season three. As we continue to seek out some of the most unforgettable humans, some of the most memorable stories, in the first two seasons, the show featured guests from over 60 different countries and will continue down that path because it is imperative that we cherish the differences. And we can only do that by getting out and journeying into unknown frontiers, whether it be physically or simply through conversation, sharing lovely experiences and saluting the tenacious and resilient guests. Terrific, terrific episode for you today. Professional dancer with the Kansas City Ballet, Courtney Knitting, joins the show. Courtney was born in Lafayette, New Jersey, and began her dance training at the young age of three while attending the New Jersey School of Ballet. After nine years at NJB, she was invited to continue her training at the School of American Ballet. It was there that Courtney received a review from critic Alistair McCauley for her featured role in The Four Temperaments. Over the years, she has also attended summer programs such as American Ballet Theater, Central Pennsylvania Youth Ballet, and Boston Ballet. After graduating, she went on to join Pennsylvania Ballet 2 for the 2017-18 season, and she joined Kansas City Ballet for the 2018-19 season, where she's performed featured roles in the middle, Somewhat Elevated, and A Play for Love. She has also had the privilege of performing The Wizard of Oz, The Nutcracker, and Swan Lake. In addition to performing, she is also choreographed for the Kansas City Ballet's broadcast series, premiering her work, Dances at a Gallery. And on top of all of that, she earned the tremendous accolade of being listed as one of Dance Magazine's top 25 to watch in 2022. On today's episode, Courtney talks about the physical demands of performing ballet and the moments that have left an indelible mark on her life, including one special time on stage performing Swan Lake. Courtney and I also discuss creativity and how being next to water provides regular creative inspiration. This was such an awesome conversation. She's got a ton of energy. She gave tremendously candid and thoughtful answers. And of course, being from Kansas City, she hit us with a couple food recommendations because we got to have that for anyone who's living in such a food-centric location. One of my favorite people that I've met in 2022. Absolute delight chatting with her. Excited for everyone to meet her. So let's go ahead and bring on one of Dance Magazine's top 25 to watch in 2022 and a member of the Kansas City Ballet, Courtney Knitting. And let's learn. You've been involved in a lot of different disciplines, a lot of different types, and a lot of different locations. So if you could maybe give yeah. a summary of, of your dance career thus far. Yeah, sure. So I started dancing when I was three mm -hmm. in New Jersey in a school called the New Jersey School of Ballet. Um, and I was there for nine years until I got accepted into the School of American Ballet, which is the affili uh, affiliated school with the New York City Ballet. Um, so it's known as one of the most prestigious top schools in the United States. Uh, and I was there for six years until I graduated. And actually, after I graduated the school, um, I didn't get a job. I, I was one of those students that just had a really rough time getting my feet wet into company life. I just, I couldn't get anybody to take a bite at me. Um, so I did a year of freelance, which actually ended up being one of my happiest years and just opened my eyes to a lot because I got some different guesting gigs with some smaller companies. Um, one of them was being Igleski Ballet and actually the director there is now I call him my fairy godfather. He's like my mentor. He's super sweet and he helps. He's been helping guide me through my, my journey, which has been kind of the biggest blessing. So it ended up being a, 
you know, a blessing in disguise. But um, from there, after I did one year of freelancing, I got into Pennsylvania Ballet's second company, um, which is kind of just below below the main company, you, you foreshadow underneath the, the main company and, you know, do performances, but you're not, you're, you're still getting primed to actually be a full company member. Um, and at that time I was 20 turning 21. So in my eyes, I was like, I'm running out of time. I need a full contract. So I auditioned again and I ended up getting a contract for Kansas City Ballet Second Company. And I was like, oh, I, I think I'm ready for more. Like, I, I don't want to accept this second company contract, really. But I have to do it. It's a job. This is the path. Just go with it because it's the only thing I was offered. And what do you know? A couple weeks later through email, I got a message from Kansas City Ballet. And they were like, we have the main company spot open. Do you want it? And I was like, yes, of course. So I actually skipped second company and apprentice and went straight into the main company um, with KCB. And now I've been here, this is my fourth season and I've gotten a lot of amazing opportunities. So it's been, it's been a, a wild roller coaster ride, but it's been pretty cool. So Very cool. When you're a freelance and you're looking for new opportunities and new companies to join, how do you separate yourself? How do you make yourself stand out? I think the biggest thing when it comes to standing out is just remembering that you yourself is a standout. You know, a lot of times people say like you have to be flashy or you have to do something to get you noticed. And I, and I agree, you do need to do something to get you noticed. But for me being myself and being solely confident in that is what has gotten me noticed. It wasn't trying to wear a perfect color leotard or it wasn't, you know, trying to do some trick that I had in practice or anything like that. It was just dancing the way I know how to dance and be solely in myself, which for me in the studio happens to be like very bubbly. And I'm known here uh, at Kansas City Ballet as the Energizer Bunny or like the little jumping shrimp because I'm just always like happy and bubbly. And, um, you know, I just I love to dance. And that's actually for me, the number one thing that got me noticed was just my love for dance and knowing that that's truly who I am drew different directors in. Yeah. So for me, that's the biggest thing. With the dancers that I've spoken with, they talk about the physical grind and that it's deceptively physically challenging. A lot of people just see the grace of ballet, but they don't realize that the physical toil that goes into it. So for you, what do you think is the most challenging aspect physically? Oh man. I think for me, I, um, I'm a workhorse, so even, you know, we do class in the morning. I never miss a class because that sets you up for your day, so I always take morning class. And then we end up having, for us, we have three-hour rehearsal, an hour lunch, and then a three-hour rehearsal. And I have a very hard time just sitting down. So a lot of the times I work over my lunch break. You know, I'll sit and eat and, and you know, whatever, but it'll come to a point where I want to get up and I got to do something again and practice a step or go mess around with some of my friends when we're working on some cool partnering or things like that. So I actually find for me, the hardest thing to, for my body is to keep it loose. My muscles tend to get extremely tight, super fast, just because I work a lot, you know, and I'm, and I'm trying to do my maximum all the time. So, um, if I get an injury or any pain that I feel a lot of the time it's from overuse or from tightness. So for me, it's actually hard to do 80% or 
on a consistent basis instead of just always doing my 200 or a hundred percent, you know, so trying to pull back, uh, so that you can sustain it throughout the season is actually for me, one of the, one of the hardest things, because especially when you have a passion for something, you want to give it your all. You want to, you want to, you know, show as much as you can all the time, but that's not sustainable, especially for a dancer and especially what we're trying to do with our body. It's yeah. not normal. The human body isn't supposed to be turned out. It's not supposed to be on point. You know, so if you push it to its absolute maximum all the time, 100%, 24 hours a day, you know, eventually it's going to break. So for me, it's knowing when to push it that much and when, when I can bring it back. A not that I'm not working hard, but when you can bring it back a little bit, that way you're still putting effort, you're still growing, you're still gaining strength, but you're not breaking everything to the point where then the next week you're not going to be able to walk yeah. you know i can tell that you listen to your body very in tune with the body and you know when you need to rest and for having done it for 20 years this is probably something <laughs> that you used to so when it is time to rest when it is time for a rest day what's that look like for you you seek out a different activity or it's just i'm just going to completely be lazy and sit around and just recover i that's such a good question i think i kind of do both it mm -hmm. took me a long time to figure that out probably probably didn't figure that out honestly until my fourth year of my career which is this year because i always thought if i take a rest i'm not going to be in shape for the next week so even if it was my days off i would go to the gym i would do pilates do yoga just always constantly be moving but i think um after the pandemic, actually, it was kind of a blessing for me. I, I found out more about myself and what my body needs. Um, and so for me, on a rest day, especially like this week, we're performing. Um, today, unless I go for maybe a little walk or I'll stretch or something, but I need to completely just be couch potato life. Otherwise, I don't have the energy and the recovery that I need for the shows that are going to be coming up the next the next week but if it's a normal rehearsal week you know sometimes um i'll 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 do a fun activity with some friends we've gone bowling or like go walk in the zoo the kansas city zoo is like beautiful so we've done that sometimes um i would say if i do something now it's always light it's never anything that like is going to kill me which i actually would do before you know so i don't ever do really like a a full workout just because of the amount I'm dancing I'm, I'm doing at the moment, you know? Yeah. You mentioned physically, you're kind of always needed to be doing some type of activity. I'm sure that's similar for creativity as well. So for when you are wanting to be inspired, wanting to be creative, what do you turn to then? Uh, okay. So I'm from the East coast. I love the water. I love ocean. Um, so coming to, coming here was not ideal for me because there's no body of water around. It's, it's all land. So um, actually, I, I, I got lucky and a friend uh, showed me where it is, but there's a, a river that you can walk to that's not too far from my apartment, maybe 20 minutes or something. Um, and while it's not the ocean, for some reason, sitting with the serene of the water, looking at the sunset, looking at the sunrise, something, something to just kind of be calming for me is one of the most inspiring and best things for me to recover. Because a lot of the times, if I'm just digging out of work, uh, especially if I choreograph, I, I choreograph. So if I need to be creative, I need inspiration. Like, you know, sometimes you need it instantly. It's really hard to do that. It doesn't just come right when you want it. It, it comes when you 
are inspired by something around you or something within you. So sometimes just sitting, taking a rest and clearing your mind and then going back to it for me is the best is the best thing. Just sitting by that water. I have a journal. I'll write sometimes in my journal or I'll, I'll read a book. I, li I like reading different books. Um, that for me can be the, the biggest inspiration. Well, this next question might tie into that a bit as well. And I know that with performers, dancers, athletes, starting at a young age like you did is, is an incredible advantage, but at the same time, it could lead to burnout. Yes. So for you, how do you, how do you keep that at bay? How do you prevent burnout? Actually, I had a little bit of burnout during the pandemic, I would say. I never experienced that before. Um, when I was younger, my mom, my mom was actually a dancer as well. She didn't dance professionally, but she knows the, the dance world. And she would ask me every year, Courtney, do you still, do you still want to dance? And my answer was always, that's a stupid question. And you know, there's no stupid questions, but I would always say that that was the exception to having a stupid question because I loved it so much. Why would you want to ask me that? You know, like I always am going to want to dance. And, and that's the truth. That's truly how I feel. But over the pandemic, I kind of made myself dance and push myself in my weaknesses so that when we got out of it, I would be stronger. But that's really hard. And it puts you in a really vulnerable place. Um, and I ended up doing pretty much six hours in my bedroom every day alone over a Zoom class or a, you know, an Instagram live class for all these hours a day. And eventually, you know, there was one day where I just broke down and I just started crying in the middle of class. And I went to my sister and my mom who were both together. And I said, why am I crying? And they were like, are you okay? And I, I don't know. I'm just so sad. And I think I just had worked so hard and tried to push myself so beyond my own means and without giving myself a break, because I didn't want to waste time with the, you know, with the pressure of the pandemic. Oh my God, I don't want to come out of this feeling less than what I was, mm -hmm. you know, that I ended up um, not losing my passion for dance, but I needed to just put it aside for a moment, you know? So I, I took about a week off just to do something fun, you know, go ride your bike, go outside, uh, play games with your family, whatever, whatever I could do at the time is what I did to just refresh. And uh, even now, and before the pandemic, after the pandemic, that's always what I do. And for me, that's the best way if I ever feel like, you know what, I just need a break. You know, you have to remember, I think that you are a human first and you're not just a dancer. And that was a lesson. It took me a long time to learn. Um, so, you know, go out and treat yourself. I love ice cream. Go out and get ice cream, you know, go to brunch with your friends. Go play. I love word puzzles. I love word search. Go play some word search, you know. Um, do something that has nothing to do with what you do on an everyday basis. Because otherwise, if you think about that too much, you get absorbed in it completely. And it's too, it's, honestly, it's too much and it's overwhelming. So I like to just take a step back and do something that has nothing to do with ballet. A lot of the times I'll say, let's not talk about dance. Let's not talk about ballet. Let's just... Think about something else. There's so many other topics to talk about. Let's, let's not have it be that. Um, but I think that's probably the biggest thing I personally do is just make sure I, I step aside. Mentally, however, is much more difficult. I think just to stay good all the time. You can take a step back and you can have fun. 
But then that sometimes is only temporary. You know, if you're with your friends for a couple hours and you leave, well, you could go back to the whole of your brain. You know, that's, that's really hard. So, um, my mom is a huge, a huge piece of that. She has been by my side. My whole family has, to be honest, but my mom really knows the world. She's done her own research to kind of understand what I go through. And, um, she's been there to just let me vent it out. Listen, or a lot of the times I'm just, it'll be mom, am I feeling this way? You know, and, and she'll just have the right words to say, wait a minute, why do you feel that way? Remember why you do this, you know, or just those little things. It's almost like having a little person on your shoulder just to go, Hey, wake up. Remember, remember that this is what you love. You know, don't get involved in all of the complaining or the drama or whatever. Just keep to who you are. Cause if you let that slip, then, you know, what is it anyways? What is it worth? It's worth nothing. If you just let it completely slip out of your fingers of who you are and why you do it and why you love it and remember all those things. So for me, taking a step side and always a good call to my mom. That's, those are always the best things. Fantastic. I'm curious though, on what is the ice cream flavor of choice? Oh, mint chocolate chip. Oh, we're good. We're one in the same. All, all, all day long. All day. Or- all day. People always think I feel like I'm crazy to say this, but for me, as well as if you can get a good strawberry that's got like fresh mm-hmm. strawberries in it, like a strawberries and cream, I'm a, I'm a sucker for either too. But it, nine out of 10 times, mint chocolate chip is just, it's all the way up here. It's the max, the, be- the best flavor of all time. Hands down. 100% in agreement with you on that. <laughs> you were recently nominated for a dancing award. So what was that award? And can you tell me about that? Sure. So I was lucky enough to be nominated, which I didn't even know. My first season, my artistic director uh, put me in a big list of names to be looked at by dance magazines, what they call top 25 to watch. It's their annual list of dancers um, that are growing in their career, that they think they might be something, do something exciting uh, with their career. And it's something to look out for. And, uh, Four years ago, when I first started with Kansas City Ballet, my director put my name in. And this year, I happened to be picked. Um, so I'm amongst a bunch of other dancers, young dancers, young, hungry, you know, exciting, passionate dancers, ready to take the stage by storm. Um, and that was pretty cool because uh, I've had a lot of friends uh, get picked as as one of the top 25 as well. And... Uh, going along with, you know, trusting your journey. I I don't know that that would have happened if I would have followed a a different path in my career. So it's pretty cool to kind of, you know, get these exciting things that uh, are unexpected, especially as a young dancer. I started dancing when I was so, so little. I followed all the dance things, you know, watch all the TV shows, watch all the movies. And always subscribed to all these dance magazines. And I remember my mom and I always talking, what if one day you're in that magazine? What if one day you're on that cover or something? And to open up that magazine and see my name and see my photo in there was just like, oh my God, I did it. Like it's a real dream come true. And uh, it, it kind of feels like you go to Disney World, but for dance, you know, for ballet. And that was, uh, that was pretty special. Very cool, very cool. You've traveled quite a bit through performing. As you look back on your career thus far, which are the locations that stand out or perhaps a certain night that stood out in our event or just a production that stood out? Mm. 
So in regards to a venue that stood out to me, um, I haven't done that much guesting because I've been with a company for a while. So we have our home theater, which is beautiful. It's the Kaufman Center of Performing Arts. Um, it's absolutely stunning. It's all redone and renovated. So I'm super blessed to have a beautiful theater. But in regards to a venue that really stood out to me was actually, um, I was in the core and I was in the second company of Pennsylvania Ballet and we were dancing Swan Lake. Um, and there was a moment in the fourth act where all the girls were running across. We, we run in a, in a big circle across the stage mm -hmm. and everybody has a moment where they hit center center with, you know, one of their wings flying by. And at that moment, the stage is kind of foggy. Um, they had, you know, they had some dry eyes on the stage and everything. And um, the Pennsylvania Ballet performs at the Academy of Music, which is actually one of the oldest theaters in the United States. So it's got the big chandelier, the old fashioned columns, you know, the architecture. It's just absolutely stunning. It's got a lot of history to it. And there was that sh one show that I just ran by and I, don't, I just started to cry because it was such a dream moment. It was almost transformative that I felt like, wow, I'm a, I'm a swan right now. Like I'm a professional dancer. I'm running across this stage and everyone saw me at that very moment because, you know, at some point when you're in the core, you don't know that someone's watching you because you're one of 24 other girls. But when you're running across the stage individually and you hit center center, at some point, somebody looked at you, you know, and uh, that was just a cool moment of me being like, wow, I just appreciate and love what I do so, so, so much. And uh, yeah, it was very special. It's hard to, uh, it's hard to replicate that. But this season, I actually had something to top that, which was we hadn't performed in the Kaufman Center, um, you know, since the pandemic. And uh, growing up at the School of American Ballet, Balanchine, technique his ballets have been a huge huge part of my growing up um and at the top of my list the absolute top of that bucket list is to do serenade russian girl mm -hmm. and um I, while i got to learn i actually got to learn that part uh, i didn't perform but i learned it but i learned that i i performed uh the demi solos in that in that role and uh we opened with Serenade coming back from the pandemic. So not only is it a dream ballet, I'm doing part of my dream role in this. I'm like checking things. I'm checking a part off of my bucket list, not the top top, but below the top top. So that's like huge, you know? Um, and that curtain came up and that lot, there's nothing like live music truly, I think, especially for an artist. Um, and that live music went, and we were all standing in the pose. I don't know if you're familiar with the, with the photo, but you know, all the girls are there with their hand. Uh, they're in the formation of the orange groves and they're supposed to be looking to the moonlight or the sunlight covering their face with their hands. And I truly, I'm telling you, burst into tears. It was so special. And the ballet is so hard. I mean, it's truly a marathon to dance. For the for the core girls, it's like twelve minutes nonstop of just like jumping and full out. And uh, honestly, every show we did of that, it, there was nothing like the first one. But every show we did, it it brought tears to my eyes, and it was just it. I went to another place. I almost felt like I left my body because it was such a dream. It was so beautiful. It made me feel so beautiful, and I also felt like I grew as an artist. I grew as a person. I learned things about myself just from that moment. And 
and that's why you do it. it it's for things like that and it was just absolutely absolutely in speechless truly just absolutely speechless when those unforgettable moments happen do you try to suppress the emotion because hey you're a performer you're on stage people are looking at you go back to the training gotta do the role or do you kind of roll with the emotions honestly that first time that i i haven't really cried on stage either so that was that was new for me um in that moment i kind of just let it happen i i wasn't expecting that kind of a reaction from myself and the thing that uh, is so special about Serenade too, it's the first ballet that Balanchine created, and it was it was made for students. So to be a professional dancer and do this ballet and know how hard it is, and think back when he made this, it was for fifteen year olds. I, I can't even imagine dancing that at fifteen. You know, I'm twenty four. Like that's a ten year difference in strength in your career in your maturity. That's a huge difference. You know, so um, I think all of us women who are out there because it's about 16 women who, who start the ballet we all were just feeling the emotions of coming back on stage but besides that the weight of the specialness that holds within serenade just kind of let out mm -hmm. and there was a bunch of moments that this is i think the moment where i said just let it happen because we we look to each other and we hold each other's hands at this one position i was on the floor and my other friend who was also doing this difficult part uh, with me, we, we hold each other's hand and I was just looking at her and she was crying too. Mm -hmm. And I said, it's not, it actually gives me goosebumps right now. In my mind, I was like, it's not just me feeling this, it's everybody. Mm -hmm. So you have to just let it ride mm -hmm. because otherwise if you suppress it, it's almost gonna probably make you dance like on edge. And instead, I think everybody just kind of took a deep breath and were like, just feel it instead of, you know, dance and hard and sweat and all those things. It was just be in the moment. And uh, yeah, I, I, I definitely let myself, my makeup was completely ruined by the end. And I had other ballets. I had two other ballets to do that night. So it was crazy that I was like, oh my God, my face is ruined and crying and all these things. And we had to fix it, but um, it was totally worth it. Totally worth it. You mentioned a couple of those bucket list ideas. Do you have a bucket list location or venue? You're like, that's, that's the one. Oh, actually, um, I do. So uh, growing up at the New Jersey School of Ballet, before I went to uh, SAB, the School of American Ballet, um, I was trained with a lot of tough Russian teachers. And uh, I always think Russian ballet is not what I do. That is not my specialty. That is not how I dance. I would say I'm more of an American style dancer. Um, they, they're very good at the classical, uh, the classicist stuff. Um, and uh, for me, growing up with that, though, I, I still have that as my as my roots. And so it doesn't matter what I would dance, but I would really love. I, I always say I could retire if I danced at the Marinsky stage because I think it's the toughest audience because their whole culture, you know, supports ballet and appreciates ballet and the arts. So if they like you, you must be good. You know, um, and I, th I think that's some that's a lot of pressure to mm -hmm. perform with. Um, and it's also the oldest stage, you know, one of the oldest stages, uh, I think, around the world. So um, to perform there with that kind of cultural presence um, for me is kind of a, a top of the top of the bucket list. I don't know that I'll get there ever, but even just to maybe be there and see it, even if I'm not performing, I'd like to just go to Russia and appreciate all of the. 
uh, history behind the ballet there, which would be kind of cool. Yeah. Easily one of my favorite cities, Moscow. I Is encourage it? you to, oh, it's fantastic. It's brilliant. Uh, it's so cool. Makes me want to go even more. <laughs> With everything with the last couple of years and last 24 challenging months, I know for you, there were times where you probably had a lot of uncertainty, a lot of doubt as far as your career, as your future. When am I going to be back on the stage? Am I a performer? Am I a dancer if I'm not actually dancing? So during all that time, what do you feel is the biggest life lesson you picked up? Not even, it doesn't have to be related to dance, just life lesson. Oh man, that is a tough question. For me, the biggest lesson I got out of that was just stay true to who you are. Because I think social media is a huge influence. You look at social media and you can compare yourself to many dancers around the world. You can compare your careers to many dancers around the world who are flourishing. And trusting in who you are and knowing who, how your journey is going to flow is extremely difficult, especially when it comes to those uncertain moments or, you know, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know why this happened. How come I got injured? How come this person isn't getting injured? You know, or whatever, those kinds of things. It's really hard to just say, no, this is where I'm supposed to be. This is what I'm supposed to do. And this is who I am. And staying confident in that for me is the biggest thing. It's the hardest thing, but it's the biggest thing because there's so much influence from the outside. Um, but in the end, especially for me, I've had, a, I've had a lot of challenges becoming a professional dancer that I didn't expect. Some, in my opinion, some unfair journeys, some unfair paths that I was like, why is this happening to me? I don't understand. But then, you know, when you look back now, I say, this is how it was supposed to happen because I wouldn't be where I am today. I wouldn't be the artist. I wouldn't have the knowledge. I wouldn't even have some of the special happy celebrational things that have ha occurred in my life. If I would have went the other way, you know, if it would have went the way I thought it was going to go and I, and the way I thought I wanted it to go. So, um, for me, just knowing who you are, trusting your journey as best you can, even though it's so hard is, uh, is going to make it easier in the long run because you'll, you will be able to look back and say, no, it, it was meant to happen. Even if it was hard, even if it was challenging, it made you better. It made you stronger. And it goes back. It makes you who you are. And that's what you got to, that's what you got to hold on to. Wonderful answer. Brilliant answer. Before I let you go, I have to know for someone visiting Kansas City, place yes. I only, I just visited for the first time last year, for someone visiting Kansas City, what would be a food and drink recommendation you would have? Because it's a great food scene there. Oh, e this is hands down. I went there last night. My personal favorite is Jack Stack Barbecue. You have to have barbecue. I was, uh, that's where I went. That's where, that's where I went. Did you? I was, uh, yeah. It's the, it's the best. You get a pick two, you can, you can pick it, you know, chicken or a rib or whatever. And you, you get it with a great coleslaw on the side. For me, hands down, you have to have barbecue. If you come here, it's just delicious. And the funny thing is a lot of people here have their, their favorites. There's Q39, there's Jack Stack. Uh, there's a couple others, Country Roadhouse. There's, you know, there's a couple different options. So I would say it's even more fun to go to the different places to try barbecue because even if you have your favorite spot, the way you'll be served the barbecue is different in every place. So it's all a different dining experience. Um, so for me, that's the, I don't really think I have a favorite. Oh, yes, I do. A favorite drink. Um, for me, this is gonna, not like a alcoholic drink, but um, 
I love chai tea lattes. That's like, if I'm going to treat myself like on a Sunday on my couch potato day, when I go to rest, I go and get a chai tea latte at um, either Mildred's or Messenger. And they're um, coffee houses that are just like Kansas City based. Um, and they both actually have their own bakeries. So you can always get it with like a fresh piece of bread or um, their cinnamon rolls are so good. Things like that. Um, but yeah, they're super, super delicious and not too expensive, which is good for dancer budget as well. <laughs> well, this might be a tough question then because great barbecue scene, of course, but if you could only choose one side to have for an entire year, one barbecue side, what would that be? Not a fair uh, question. I know it's not fair. I know. Yeah. There's so many, um, actually, okay. I would pick this side every time, but they don't have it anymore. But Jack Stack had, this like vegetable kebab so it was like you had it was it kind of made me feel at home i grill a lot with my family on the deck and we sit outside but i can't really do that here when i'm in a little apartment by myself so um getting that kebab kind of made me feel like i was at home and plus the barbecue is delicious so i would say that but they don't have that anymore so maybe the coleslaw i'm a sucker for coleslaw i don't know i'm a jersey diner girl i love a good coleslaw on the side if it's got that good balance of sweet and savory you know with the sugar and mayo and, and the chopped you know sliced veggies not like thick pieces like nice and tiny chopped all those things so i'm gonna say that okay. coleslaw probably nothing wrong with that i'm, I'm team yeah. mac and cheese all day so that'd be, that'd be um, i mean they're all good you know That's you can't impossible question you can't, yeah, yeah. <laughs> This has just been an absolute delight chatting with you. What's coming up next? What events can we look forward to? Also, how can people follow your career? Sure. So what we have upcoming next is Kansas City Ballet does a program called New Moves. I'm actually one of the choreographers on that program. So uh, this is going to be my fourth work, I believe, for the company. Um, and that'll be premiering at the end of March, actually close to my birthday. And... Uh, it's a program where all different choreographers come in, they create new pieces. It's kind of just to get the creativity going and, sh you know, come up with new things uh, that could lead to bigger uh, productions in the future. So that's called New Moves. So that'll be happening at the end of the month. Until then, I'll be rehearsing, trying to get my piece together um, and hopefully just staying injury free and dancing my butt off uh, as much as I can. And uh, besides that, Follow me on Instagram and uh, Facebook if you want to. And check out Kansas City Ballet for sure. Right. Oh, my God. Randall, this is so cool. Like, I really I really love this. Like, I'm going to be able to check this off my bucket list that, like, I did a podcast. So thank you so much. I, I you truly good. had such good questions. Thank so thank, thank you. you. Go, go have some mint chocolate chip. I'm going to go to the gym right now, and I think I'm going to run one extra mile just so I can either have mint chocolate chip or macaroni and cheese. One of the two. I don't know what I'm going to have. One of the two. So. That sounds like a plan. <laughs> sounds so, good. So, so glad that I met you. Thank you for today. I hope we talk again, but thank you for today. Yes, for sure. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Much appreciation to Courtney. Wasn't she fantastic? Looking forward to getting out to Kansas City and seeing her on stage soon. Give her a follow on Instagram. Court NN13. Everyone has a story. Each person a scholar. Thank you for listening. Fill up that passport. I'll see you on the road. Aviento. <laughs>